Well, that song is kind of sad, right? But it's the reality. But um, also that leaves us a very great challenge that we have to keep on keeping on. Amen? Well, maybe we can now close in prayer. No, but I'd like to invite everyone to please rise. And what a great opportunity for me once again to deliver God's message. And I hope that you are all um, ready to once again receive His Word. Amen? His challenge. I know it's in the afternoon. Well, what a good attendance that we have. Amen? It feels like missions conference already. Amen? Let's uh, keep on praying for that upcoming event that we have in our church. So let's um, open our Bibles in the book of Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 11. And I'd like to read um, all of us, all of us, let's read all the verses from verses 1 down to verse number 6 with comprehension. Amen? Are you there? Amen. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 1 to 6. Ready now? Begin. Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. Give a portion to seven, and also to eight, for thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. If the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth, and if the tree fall toward the south, or toward the north, in the place where the tree falleth, there it shall be. He that observeth the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. As thou knowest not what is the way of the spirit, nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child, even so thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all. Last verse. In the morning sow thy seed, and in the evening withhold not thine hand, for thou knowest not whether shall prosper, either this or that, or whether they both shall be alike good. Did you like that verse? Amen. So let's pray. Let's go to God um, in prayer. Our gracious God and Heavenly Father, thank you so much once again for this afternoon that we are all here in your house of worship. It's so good to worship you, Lord God. And I know that we feel so great, but um, it is you that we want to feel great. We want to bless your name. That's why we are here, because truly that we are nothing um, without you, and it's such a great um, opportunity, what an honor, what a privilege for us to be doing this sacred and spiritual things, because we are just sinners before you, but you have saved us by your grace. And thank you, Lord God, for doing that, and for always um, having your great and wonderful love experienced by all of us. So thank you so much for this time. May you give us your wisdom and your knowledge, and uh, may you be glorified in our midst. Hide me behind thy cross, and I pray that we will be blessed by the message that we are going to learn this afternoon. In Christ's most precious name, amen. And amen. You may now be seated. Thank you so much for standing with me. I just noticed um, on our picture in the front, um, can you go back to the first, um, like the, from the worship hymn, like the, the PM Sunday. <laughs> the title of our message this afternoon is... Um, there you go, preparing your field for rain. And I noticed my picture, <laughs> it's the same thing I, I'm wearing right now. I did not take that picture today, that was a very long time, but it seems like maybe I'm wearing this a lot, right? That's why it so happened and it's the same. All right, so preparing your field for rain, preparing your field for rain. You know what, we have read our text this afternoon, came from the book of Ecclesiastes, and this was written by, said to be, the, the most wise 
man ever lived, and none other than Solomon or King Solomon. It was written by King Solomon, and it is filled with common sense. Do you have common sense? <laughs> it's hard if you don't have one, right? But you know what? Speaking about common sense, I'd just like to share this with you. Um, I know this great man that always taught us when we were back in Bible college, and maybe some of you know him, um, our late uh, Pastor Kizan, Emmanuel Kizan. He's our president of our uh, Bible school before, um, and also the executive director of the mission board here in the States, IBMA. Um, I remember back then when I was still in the Bible college, um, we do have devotions in the morning. Like uh, we have to wake up, you know, as a group, as a body of students, I think around 4.30. We have to wake up at 4.30 because our devotion starts at 5. And after our devotion, um, we do some field work, not field work, campus work. You know, our campus, sometimes it's dirty, so we have to clean, and we have to, um, you know, clean the grass and all that to, you know, make the place clean because, you know, we're using it for free, and it was actually a blessing. And usually, after our camp work, you know, one of the things that Pastor Kizan would love to do is, you know, talking to the students. You know, he's like a... He's the person who's always there, you know, like when there's a job that needs to be done. He's not the person who would just tell you to do things or stuff, but he will be actually there. You know, he will be inspecting things. He wants to make sure that everything is uh, being uh, executed well. So he always spent time with the students, and he always encouraged them to always use your common sense. <laughs> maybe because a lot of students back then don't have common sense, or maybe they're not using it. So he always uh, taught us a lot about common sense, about, you know, uh, using it, you know, for God's glory. And um, actually, growing up, I am scared of him growing up because we grew up in the same, like, place compound. And in that place, there's, like, a lot of trees that bear fruit. And I don't know, I don't know the English of duhat. Uh, I don't even know if we, we have that here. I don't think so. It's like a, is it a berry? It's like a black fruit, but it's so delicious. And during the summer, it only, you know, it bears fruit during the summer. And as a little kid, we would climb those trees. But we know that they don't want it, Pastor Kizan and his wife. And you know, his wife, Sister Rosalind Kizan, her voice is like so thin and so loud. And we would know that they're already in the campus you know, and sometimes we were up the tree and we would see their, you know, car coming in and we would like, we get scared because we don't want to be caught because they're going to scream at us, they're going to yell at us, they're going to really reprimand us, you know, and we don't want to do that. That's why growing up, we were so scared of Pastor Kizon um, and Mrs. Kizon. But, you know, when my brothers were able to really uh, spend time with them here in the States doing deputation, and when I started to grow up, you know, he's not that actually scary, you know, but he's just a person who is, um, you know, uh, like his leadership was really so good. So we are looking, um, looking up to him so much. And he would always teach us about using our common sense. You know what a common sense is? <laughs> 
All right, it's common. We have to know it. It's the common sense. But I have to Google it, you know? So what, what did the Google say? All right, a common sense. First question first. What, do you, uh, what part of a speech is a common sense? <laughs> That's the common sense. <laughs> it's a noun? It's a noun? Are you sure? Yes, it's a noun. You're right. All right, so what is the meaning of common sense? Uh, it's a good sense and sound judgment in practical matters. All right, for example, we all know that animals don't drive cars, right? So that's the common sense. If you see like an animal, you know, driving the car, we know now that, you know, even though the car is, you know, empty-handed, no one's driving it, and it's, it moves, well, that's probably Tesla, <laughs> right? But we haven't seen an animal, you know, drive a car. And another common sense that your mother is older than you. And my mother is older than me. Right? It's a common sense. My father is older than me. Your father is older than you. So, you know what? Some of what Solomon said is actually not easy to understand. But other things make so much sense. You know, if you read all... Um, uh, the things that he um, had written in our Bible. And in the midst of Solomon's quest for meaning and satisfaction, he makes these statements that are quite profound. And as our missions conference is fast approaching, I thought of our increased efforts in the area of soul winning, in the area of evangelism, in the area of world missions. And I believe that, you know, um, I really praise God that our church is very well involved in all these ministries because we believe that that is the reason why we are existing, amen, as a church, you know, to keep on making him known to the entire world, to, you know, because essentially I believe we always hear this from our pastor that our goal is to know him and make him known here and there. And may all the activities that we do have our mind, spirit, and spirit set towards those goals and those objectives. So this afternoon, I'm going to share with you three main things about our text um, this afternoon. The first one we can see here, the observation that is unprofitable. The observation that is unprofitable. Can you say it? All right, the Bible says in our text, Ecclesiastes 11.4, He that observeth the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. So what do we mean by this? Many times, God's people fall into the trap of trying to predict or anticipate things beyond our control. You know, we believe that there are lots of things in this world that we cannot control, right? I'm going to give you an example. For example, our tomorrow, our future, do you think you can control it? No. You know, sometimes even people, right? Your children, you cannot control them. Your parents, children, <laughs> sometimes they control you. <laughs> the parents are being controlled by their children nowadays. <laughs> but... You know, it's hard to control things, even, you know, incidents that happen, accidents. We cannot control them. And even the weather, right? We can forecast what's going to be the weather tomorrow, but we cannot control it. 
you know, whether it's gonna rain only for two hours and hopefully we can like push a button and then it will stop. No, we cannot do that. Those are out of our control. He starts out in verse 3 reminding us that there are many things outside of our ability to control. In verse 3, it says, If the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth, and if the tree fall toward the south or toward the north, in the place where the tree falleth, there it shall be. So there are two things that we cannot actually control. The example here, the first is the example of the clouds that are full. All right, praise God that we have a wonderful weather today compared to yesterday, right? You know, we cannot in any way control the hydrologic cycle. What is hydrologic cycle? From the root word, hydrology, okay? And the, the first two syllables, hydro means Water, so hydrology is the science of water. Are we familiar with evaporation, condensation, precipitation? Science, Science. all right? All over and over again. So just to um, give us, maybe refresh us, because we've been to school for like how many centuries already, right? And it's good to refresh our minds. Um, condensation, well, we're familiar with, you know, evaporation and precipitation, but condensation, what is condensation? Condensation is actually the change of the state of the matter from gas to liquid, okay? And that is the opposite of vaporization, okay, or evaporation. Evaporation is from liquid to gas. That's why maybe if we see, like, uh, water outside, all of a sudden it's gone because it Condensed or evaporated? Evaporated. So the condensation is from gas to liquid. And we are familiar with precipitation. If it rains, if it rains, it pours. <laughs> All right, so it does what it will, and we cannot do anything about it. We cannot stop the water from evaporating, even though you, you want to stop it. No, it's still going to evaporate. We cannot stop the precipitation. We cannot control when and where it will rain. So the example of the clouds that are full. Another thing, the example of the tree that is fallen. The example of the tree that is fallen from our verse. So that is also one thing that we cannot control. We cannot control the falling of trees. When it falls, it falls where it wants and when. It wants, whether to the south, is that the south, or the north, or to the south, okay? So it's a waste of time worrying about it, okay? If there's like a dead tree, you're going to wait, where is it going to fall? Which side? You know, that waiting is going to be a waste of time. You know, this week, Pastor Jether and Brother Beckham was so diligent and so industrious enough to clean our front yard so they cut our, uh, is that a pine tree? It's a pine tree, right? Because it's um, already extending. So they have to cut it. Uh, they cut the pine tree this week. And the top part of that um, tree is actually dead. I actually took a picture. Oh, there, there you go. There's the picture. As soon as I came back from work, wow, they're so busy and they're working so hard. So I have another picture. If you see that, I just took that this morning. So see the difference between a Samsung and an iPhone? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right, those are the same uh, picture taken from an iPhone, all right? It's just a filter. All right, so this morning from the iPhone picture, 
All right, so see that top of that pine tree? It's dead. Usually, even though it's getting cold, it, it's supposed to still be alive because it's a pine tree, right? It can hold the, the cold in winter. But my dad just told me that a woodpecker pecked it and it died. I didn't even know that that's possible. You know, that's how powerful those birds are. <laughs> so it's dead. It's literally dead. And we have to cut it, of course. We can't wait for it to fall down because it's going to cause an accident. So we can't wait. So it's a wasting of time to stare on that tree and wait for it to fall. I know what, um, because of um, them showing their big muscle that day, actually, Brother Beckham... Uh, Someone approached him to do some work also in the neighborhood. <laughs> Were you able to do it the next day? Oh, no. Because they're really trying to um, do something for them to earn an income while they're here. Um, so I'm going to promote this, the next slide. Please support Brother Beckham. He knows how to cook. <laughs> he did that. Kim Poi's Kitchen. All right, so if you have some gatherings and you need food to be cooked and ready, please just approach him. His number is just right there, 825-459. That's just an example. And we ate this uh, during this week, and it was so good. I totally forgot my name. What's my name again? <laughs> All right, so that's just a little side note. All right, so the farmer, let's go back. Amen, let's go back to our message. The farmer in verse 4 is waiting to sow the seed when he feels the time is right. Verse 4, it says, He that observeth, observeth the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. We know that there's the best time to plant something, right? There's that season. But when that season started, you cannot just observe and wait and wait and wait. Because it's going to pass you the season. You know, there's the best time to plant something. He spent so much time, the farmer in our text, he spent so much time waiting for the right conditions that he completely misses the chance to reap a harvest. You know, one man said it like this, analysis produces paralysis. Say it. Yes. In other words, while people spend so much time studying their options, they miss their opportunity, the window of opportunity that is so narrow in the grand scheme of things. Yes, planning is good, but don't spend all the time planning. Execute it. Do it. Amen? It's amazing at how many people wait until they are making more money before they start tithing. There's an entire group of people that plan to get involved in the church when they retire. They are too busy to do anything in the ministry. Then they retire and they are too old to do anything. And the list of excuses go on and on why people won't sow you know, it is endless, those excuses. You know, for example, I've, I've got to work, I have work. But then when it's their day off, that's also their excuse. It's my day off. You know, it's raining, it's too pretty outside. We need to take advantage of it and go do something. I just can't walk very well today. Then you drive by their house and you see them cutting their grass and push with a mower. I don't feel safe in that traffic. Then you see them posting pictures at the ball game. 
on and on we could go, waiting for the perfect conditions will result in no harvest. The farmer that stands on the front porch every day watching the skies will eventually starve to death. The Christian that waits for the perfect conditions to do something for God will not sow and will not reap. The observation that is unprofitable. Let us stop being an observer and let us start being an active server. Amen? We are going, when are we going to do something for God? Be involved. Amen? If you are not involved yet in our missions program this year, maybe next year, it's start to do something. It's, it's, it's about time for us to do something. Amen? So the observation that is unprofitable. Secondly, the operation that is unmistakable. The operation that is unmistakable. In verse 5, are you still with me? Amen. As thou knowest not what is the way of the Spirit, nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child, even so thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all. You know that God is working, right? God is working. You know what? Even from what is happening in our world right now, it seems like everything is falling apart, but it's actually falling into place. God is working. You don't know how. We don't know how. I don't know how or what. You know, he described our limitation in two ways. You know not what. Maybe some of you here, you feel like, I know a lot of things, but you still know, don't know a lot of things. Things are happening that you cannot begin to know. So you know not what, you know not how. There are things that we have no idea is happening. You know, even how our brain works. You know, we don't know how it works. Our body works. Then there are things that are happening, and we know that it is happening, but we do not know how it is happening. We know that the baby is growing in the womb, but we cannot explain how it happens. Sometimes we can see things happening, but we cannot explain it. You know it is happening, but you cannot see it. You don't know what is happening. You don't know how it is happening. One thing you can know for a fact is that God is still working. You know, in our ministry, you know, sometimes we would like to see some fruits going on. But sometimes we don't see it. But I believe that God is still working in our midst. Let us remember this. There is no mistaking that. Remember, God doesn't change with the circumstances. Just because things around me are changing or seem uncertain, I need to remember that God is faithful and true to his promises, and he is always working. He is always working. You know what? I think I am also the kind of person that I would like to see some results, like a tangible result. But sometimes that's not the case with how God works. 
You know, sometimes he even works behind the scenes. Is God really working behind the scenes? It says here, our limited vision doesn't allow us to see how God is working behind the questionable scenes in our lives, but we can always trust that he is. In fact, it may be precisely in the moments we understand him the least that he is working the most. Amen? That's why whatever we do for God, for his work, I'm going to say it again, let us keep on keeping on. No results or not, we don't know it, but we believe that God is working. You know, it's the same thing with our lives. You know, there are moments that we, we thought that our God abandoned us. Lord, I thought that you love me. I thought that I'm so special. But I, I don't feel like I'm so special. You know, sometimes our enemy reminds us that. But let us be reminded that God is always working in our lives. If we will just obey him, if we, if we will just always, if we will just submit to him, God will do wonderful things in our lives. So the observation that is unprofitable, the operation that is unmistakable, he is working. And lastly, amen? The occupation that is unpredictable. The occupation that is unpredictable. Predictable. In verse number six, in the morning sow thy seed, and in the evening rest your hand, or you know, just slip it, slip it in. No, in the evening withhold not thine hand. So it means we keep on working. For thou knowest not whether shall prosper, either this or that, or whether they both shall be alike good. So, you know, that verse is actually amazing. Solomon here, the wisest man that ever lived, makes a very profound statement here. He said, sow your seed in the morning, and in the evening, sow some more. Withhold not thy hand. So you sow in the morning, you still sow in the evening. So this is not like a literal, we have to sow in the morning, and don't sleep anymore. I believe this is talking about the situations we have in our lives. Amen. Don't just work. Don't just do God's work when it is in the morning and it feels good. You know, sometimes the evening speaks of the hard times and difficult times in our lives. So God is expecting us to still work even though everything doesn't seem okay, everything doesn't seem right because we don't know. Maybe the Lord will bless the works that we do in the morning and He will also bless the ones that we do when we are in difficult times of our lives. We don't know. And it says there, God can bless both. Amen? In other words, you know, here, there are several things that are going to happen. The seed you sowed in the morning may prosper, or the seed that you sowed in the evening may prosper, or all, both of them shall be a good luck. In other words, you and I have no control over the rain. We have no control over the harvest. We cannot predict the frost, the bugs, the droughts, the rain, the floods, or the sunshine. The only thing that we can control is how much seed we put in the ground. So you know what? God is just wanting us and asking us to do what we can, and he will do the rest. Amen? He will do the blessing. He will do the prospering. 
You know, we can try and guess which times are the most beneficial. We can try to put it in a test tube and run experiments and analysis and enter all the data into spreadsheets. We can hire um, experts to test the soil and we can buy the almanacs to learn the weather patterns. We can waste a lot of time trying to predict and guess or we can just sow the seed in the morning and night and leave the results up to God. Amen? Because we believe that He is always the blesser. He is the one who is in control. He is the one who knows a lot of things. So we can prepare our fields for rain so that when it rains, we've done all we can do. When, that, when it happens, we are ready to receive His blessing. So the question is, when do we prepare? When do we prepare? And I believe it is now. We have to do it now. Let us be reminded that what we are talking here, what we are approaching is another challenge. You know from God that truly this is the main business that we have here the missions of God. And the theme this year is God's mission, and hopefully it will also be our mission. Amen? It's about lost souls. It's about reaching the world, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God to all the people. You know, when Christ came here, you know, I shared last Wednesday, what should we do knowing that our life is so short? Amen? And coming from the example of our Lord Jesus Christ, that we will be burdened. Amen. If it is our last day, what should we do? We have to be burdened for the lost souls. You know, Jesus came here on earth and he did all he can. He did his best to be able to reach the people. He healed the sick. You know, he performed miracles. He taught them, multitudes of people. And before he left, you know what he did? A very wise decision, a very good plan. He trained 12 apostles, you know, to start, you know, preaching the gospel, reaching the lost souls, and he is now using the church, and that is us right now. And we get to be part of that wonderful process of God to reach the whole world. That's why, you know what, for me being part of this, we, have, we do have like a simple you know, task here, just be able to give something each month. You know, I know that God has blessed us so much here in the States. And that's, uh, I believe, one of the reasons why God blesses us is for us to be a blessing to other people. You know, what is like a certain amount, and you know what Brother Bobby does every year? We'll present something. And it's not actually something that will hurt us, those amounts. Right? But some of, some of you here, you've been giving more than you know, you were told and you were doing it sacrificially and I know God will bless you so much. But for me, I'm just really so blessed and I'm so happy and joyful to be a part of it. It's because it is just, it is just a great honor and a privilege for us. Christ started it 2,000 years ago and it is still going on. But there will be a time when we cannot do this anymore, for sure. But while we can, let us involve ourselves and let us do something. Amen.
Let's pray. Our gracious God and Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the challenge this afternoon. Thank you so much for all these people. Their, um, their zeal, I can see that they're very zealous in hearing your message in another challenge. Lord, I know that it is your plan for us since you saved us to really do something for thy kingdom. And may you speak to us, Lord, in a very mighty way, a very special way. What can we do? What can we do? We want to be a part of this global mission. We want to be part of this great task. We want to be a part of this great commission that you have left us. And Lord, it's such a great privilege and honor for us to have a simple part of this. So help us to remind ourselves that what we are doing is an important thing. It is very significant. It is your heart. Because truly that you don't want anyone to perish because you are so loving that you want everyone to experience your love. You want everyone to have this beautiful relationship with you. So please use us, Lord. Use us. May you bless each one's heart. I know that some of us here maybe are committing something before you. May you bless it, Lord. And as we go out of this church, help us to be a different person with a different mindset, with a heavenly perspective, and we are always looking for things above, not the things on this earth. Thank you so much for your word and for everyone, and we give all the glory and praises to you. In Christ's most precious name, amen and amen. Thank you all so much, and our song leader to close this.